The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The people were filled with expectation and all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. John answered them all, saying, I am baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. I am not worthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. After all the people had been baptized, and Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we close out the Christmas season with this feast of the baptism of Jesus. And the baptism of Jesus is always kind of an interesting feast day because we know from our catechism that baptism is necessary to take away the state of original sin, to forgive our sins so that we might have eternal life. And so we wonder why is it that Jesus was baptized? Because he was without sin, of course. He is the son of the living God. And yet he goes to John at the Jordan River, seeing this multitude of people, this multitude of sinners, all going to John and confessing their sin and seeking to repent and change their lives. And then Jesus joins them. It's an amazing thing that Jesus joins them. Pope Benedict, in his book, Jesus of Nazareth, reflects on how Jesus, by being baptized, shows his solidarity with all of humanity. That in a sense, he counts himself among sinners by being baptized. He counts himself among sinners by being baptized. If we place ourselves in that scene, we reflect on our own sinfulness, the things in our own lives that we need to change. We might see ourselves going down into the Jordan River and saying to John, these are all the things that I want to change about my life. 
I'm not a good husband, or I'm not a good mother, or I'm an adulterer. I'm in bondage to some substance. I want to change all these things about my life. It's sort of a laundry list of all the things we're most ashamed of. And then we're baptized and kind of feeling really vulnerable. And then we see Jesus come up and wonder to ourselves, why is he here? And yet he comes down into the water and is baptized with us. This scene of Jesus' baptism is a manifestation of God's mercy. It's a manifestation of the fact that our Lord is never far from our lives. But so often when we think about our Lord, we can think that he is really far away and very much out of reach. That our Lord is perfect and we are so imperfect. Many times we strive to make ourselves perfect so that we'll be worthy of our Lord. And yet that is so contrary to the gospel. The fact that God became man shows that the Father is reaching down towards you. And his desire is to raise you up. The fact that Jesus was baptized shows that. He has taken on himself all of our sins. And there's actually a proximity to Christ, a closeness to Christ in the midst of our sinfulness. Because at that very moment of our sinfulness, that's the place that our Lord wants to encounter us so that he can transform us. So that he can make us into a new person. That's what happens as our Lord is baptized. There's... A line in the videos for the Catholic Divorce Survival Guide that says, we have to reach for God. And I hate that line. Because so many of us, when we think of an image, like we have to reach for God, we have this image that God is like way up there and I have to stretch as hard as I can in order to attain him. And he's always like just out of reach. Every time I fall into sin, God's still just out of reach. If I was only taller or had a ladder or something, I could reach him. But when we say reach for God, there's another image that can come to mind, which I think is more appropriate, which is that image of a toddler who walks up to you and they just look up at you with these sad eyes and they hold their hands up in the air. And when they hold their hands up in the air, instinctively, all of us bend down and pick up that child. 
That's what it means to reach for God. To open ourselves to him so that he can reach down and pick us up. That's what we do when we go to confession. We reach for God in that way. We open our hearts to him. Open our hands to him and say, I am a sinner. And he reaches down and he picks us up. When we come to receive him in the Eucharist, that's what's happening. We approach our Lord and he reaches down into our lives and he touches us so that he can transform us. This scene of the baptism of Jesus, it reveals the community that's created when we recognize that we are sinners in need of God's mercy. this sort of realization that I'm not alone and our Lord knows me better than anybody knows me. He loves me more than anyone can love me. I find a sense of belonging in him. At the time of our Lord, this scene of baptism was actually a scene in which people found community because they had solidarity, because they were all sinners and needed to repent. Today, and I'm not sure we find solidarity because we're sinners and we need to repent. Many times, faith-sharing groups, they become groups where people gather together in order to talk about how holy they are and thank God they're not like those sinners out there. We can be afraid to admit that we're sinners. We can be afraid to ask somebody to hold us accountable. I think the greatest sense of small faith community that I've had in my priesthood was when I walked into a 12-step meeting. It was an Al-Anon meeting. And it was me and 30 women. And I was sitting there, and I started to share the difficulty that I have sometimes in relationships in my own family. Like, I have these family members who call me, and when I see their name on the caller ID, I feel like all my energy gets sucked out of my body. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And when I said that, every single person in that circle just started laughing, as if to say, oh yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. And I kind of sat back in my chair, and I was like, oh, these are my people. 30 wives of alcoholics. Yes. But there's a solidarity that came about because everybody is there and willing to share their struggles with each other. Everybody's willing to say, I'm a sinner. You know, that's what early Christian community was like. I'm willing to share that I'm a sinner in need of God's mercy. That's what binds us together. And I've seen that over and over and over and over again in accountability groups where people are there because they're sinners. That's what our small faith community really should bring about in us, that sense of belonging. Because if I asked you to raise your hand if you feel like you're the only person in this parish who struggles with the things you struggle with, 
most of you would raise your hand. Nobody struggles with what I struggle. Can't be possible, I'm so bad. But in fact, we all are sinners in need of Christ's mercy. And that's what Pope Francis said when he became Pope. He did this interview. Who is Pope Francis? I'm a sinner. And all of us were like shocked that he admitted that. But once we admit that, it's then that our Lord says, okay, I've, came, I've come here for you. If I ask the question, is our Lord more interested in or more passionate about the part of you that's a sinner or the part of you that's virtuous? Instinctively, we want to say the part that's virtuous. But the Gospels reveal that he's more passionate about the part that's a sinner. He came for the sick, not for healthy people. He came to reach down into our lives and heal us and raise us up. This moment of baptism where our Lord went under the water and came out foreshadowed when he would go into the earth and come up in his resurrection. When we were baptized, we died with Christ so that we can rise with him again. But we're constantly in need of dying with him so that we can rise with him again. We're in constant need of renewal. We're in constant need of conversion that comes about when we raise our hands and we allow our Lord to bend down and pick us up. And it's from that point that we start to move and become his disciples. We follow him because of what he has first done in our own hearts. One of the ways of becoming part of a community that can be like that is the Light of the World retreat that's coming up next weekend. It's a retreat in which all of the sacraments that we received as kids are kind of renewed in our hearts and we experience them again as if for the first time in order to open our hearts to our Lord's mercy, to allow him to transform us. And from that retreat, oftentimes small faith communities form where people can actually be real with each other and walk with each other and support each other as they grow in the Christian life. And so again, I encourage you, if you have not made that retreat, to give it a shot. To give our Lord an opportunity to transform your hearts. Because it's then that we can live lives of joy and peace and security. Because we know that we belong to our Lord. That he has become like us in everything but sin. And that he has called us too to be beloved sons and daughters through adoption. Let us pray for that continued transformation in our own lives. For a greater experience of our Lord's mercy in our own hearts. That we truly come to know ourselves as beloved sons and daughters of our loving Father. 
and that we might radiate that message of love and lights and mercy to everyone we encounter.